now we're cooking. All right, well, welcome. <clears throat> we will um, put this here on hold. If you have your Bibles, we're going to finish up Second Corinthians chapter uh, thirteen. And uh, boy, it's been a, it's been a while since we were in First Corinthians and got this thing started. Uh, but uh, it's good to finish it up. I'm going to go to Genesis next, <clears throat> and uh, that'll be fun. Which uh, that'll take forever. Well, it depends on no, not how we'll approach it. It won't take forever, I don't think. <clears throat> does it, does anyone need a handout? Um, I think you guys were about done, but I'll I'll cover the blanks. So there's that's you only need. If you give Caleb one, that'd be good. <coughs> Tommy's got. You're almost done, aren't you, Tommy? We only have a couple more points. <clears throat> yeah, you're on the right page. So we've been in. Uh, we've been in Second Corinthians chapter 13, and uh, the Bible's <clears throat> really. This is a really cool passage uh, dealing with Paul's. He wraps up this uh, epistle to the Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter. 13, and uh, I'm going to get there in my, my own Bible here. For some reason, I have my sermon from this morning in the book of Acts, which I don't know why that would be there. <clears throat> there we go. <clears throat> so we've been talking about uh, you know our credibility Paul's credibility had been in question in this uh, text in the in the second epistle here to the Corinthians and uh, in verse 1 of chapter 13 he says this is the third time I'm coming to you in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established I told you before and foretell you uh, uh, as if I were present with you or present the second time and that being absent I now write to them which heretofore have sinned and to all other that if I come again I will not spare since you seek a proof of Christ speaking uh, in me which to you word is not weak but is mighty in you for though uh, he was crucified through weakness yet he liveth by the power of God for we also are weak in him but we also shall live with him by the power of God toward us examine yourselves whether you be in the faith prove your own selves know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobates but I trust that ye shall know that we are not uh, reprobates now I pray to God that ye do no evil not that we should uh, appear approved but that ye should do that which is honest though we be as reprobates for we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth for we are glad and when we are weak and uh, ye are we are for we are glad when we are weak and ye are strong and this also we wish even your perfection therefore i write these things being absent thus being present i should use sharpness according to the power which the lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction finally brethren farewell be perfect be of good comfort be of one mind live in peace and the god of love and peace shall be with you Greet one another with an holy kiss. All the saints salute you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. And uh, he closes up the epistle. So we've been talking about <clears throat> the credible Christian finish. And Paul finishes his race. And, um, you know, I want to encourage us to finish strong uh, as we see the church age wrapping up. We're con- as we conclude this study, um, you know, we talked about several weeks ago when I introduced this, uh, that really the, the president's uh, struggle 
uh, for credibility among voters because they always make a promise that they can't keep. I mean, that's always what happens. And when you can't, when you make a, I remember George Bush said, uh, "Read my lips, no new taxes." Right, and then he he allowed the the taxes to go up. I mean, they just roasted the guy, and he lost credibility. And so we've got to keeping uh, credibility is important. And so we talked about uh, point one, just for those that are getting a blank, their outline for the first time, how credible Christians are not convicts. Uh, and point A is we will account for God's warnings. So Paul gives them warnings in verse one, and uh, and we're accountable for what we know. Paul brought that uh, up earlier in the book as well, and he tells them <clears throat> that. Uh, in Second uh, Corinthians eight twelve, if there first be a willing mind is acceptable according to that a man hath and not according to he hath not. So once you know what to do and you don't do it, well then it's sin. And Paul had told them, Hey look guys, this isn't the first time I've come to you. And so uh, we will account for the warnings we've been given. Um I'm going to skip ahead to point B. And then we saw that um, not to ignore God's admonition in verse 2. Right? So he gives them, he, he tells them, you know, we will account for God's warnings. Don't be, don't ignore God's, God's admonition. That's point B. And don't confuse God's meekness for weakness. And you've heard me say that a lot. So credible, credible Christians are not convicts. Uh, we account for, for God's, <clears throat> um, uh, for God's warnings, we will give an account for God's warnings. Uh, don't ignore, uh, <clears throat> don't ignore God's admonition, and don't confuse God's meekness for weakness. And that's really through the first four verses what Paul was saying to the Christians. Credible Christians are not convicts. So, <clears throat> secondly, we saw credible Christians desire perfection, and uh, we've already covered this ground as well in verses three through. Uh, uh, verses uh, 5 through 10, I should say, rather. Credible Christians desire perfection. So examine the evidence of your salvation. In verse 5, that's clearly what he tells them. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. I mean, either you're saved or you're lost. So um, point one there, <clears throat> or you don't have a point one. So uh, point A is examine the evidence of your um, salvation. Examine the evidence of your salvation. Uh, point B is we <clears throat> we have not been saved to live in sin. We have not been saved to live in sin. I think that may be where we left off last time. So let me uh, let me just pick it up from right there. So so let's just look at the text a little bit more closely. So uh, in verse five he says, "Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates." <laughs> He's saying, "I don't know about your salvation, but I can tell you we're not." <laughs> so I can tell you we're not reprobates, and I pray that. You you know that. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. And so uh, if you live like a reprobate, you know, you may be a reprobate, you know, and uh, that's that's what he's really saying. So uh, Titus 3.10 says, a man that <clears throat> is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject. Have you ever noticed that about, uh, it took me a long time to kind of figure that out in Christianity because it's you want, you know, I get like on Sunday morning, I get up and I talk about loving people and meeting people where they're at and all of that. And when someone makes a profession of Christ, profession of, of Christ we don't really, we're not hypercritical because we understand they have skin on. They're going to be carnal. Paul in 1 Corinthians 8 tells us that, uh, or uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians, uh, the babies are carnal. I think it's 1 Corinthians 8 1. And, uh, uh, no, it's not 8. 1 Corinthians chapter... Uh, where does he say that at? Is it one eight? 
Uh, yeah, for I would not, brethren, that you, you be ignorant of the trouble which was under... Oh, I'm in Second Corinthians, so that's not going to work. 3.1? Yeah, First Corinthians 3.1. Yeah, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So baby Christians are carnal. 1 Corinthians 3 1, thank you. And so uh, we don't expect, you know, baby Christians to act like super sanctified saints. We give them grace to grow and all of those things. At the end of the day, though, um, you know, if someone's, you know, has an opportunity to grow and they just don't, and then after a while they just continue in sin, their grace may abound, uh, there's a point where you treat them like they're lost. And so Paul's like, listen, if you're saved, act like it. And if not, I mean, maybe you're reprobate. So check it out. Because credible Christians know they are not reprobates. In verse 6, Paul was pretty sure that he's not a reprobate. I may be treated like a reprobate. He's like, I'll take that. You can treat me any way you want. But at the end of the day, uh, even though I'm treated as a reprobate, I'm not a reprobate. So he was very clear in his identity with the Lord. And so that's what really matters. It's it's a willingness to say, hey, look, if you want to treat me like I, I'm the scum of the earth, that's fine. But at the end of the day, I'm not. I'm born again. I'm a son of God. All right, so point B. We have not been saved to live in sin. So in verses 7 through 9, that's what Paul's talking about. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, that we be as reprobates. Uh, and for we can do nothing against the truth, uh, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong, and this also we wish, even your perfection. We talked about the word perfection this morning, completion. So we have been saved to see others perfected or completed in verse 9 there. And uh, we are gladly giving our strength um, for your strength, right? That's what that's what parents do. That's what disciples do. I know. In uh, I got a friend who's a missionary in Mexico City, and his wife Angie's giving birth to three boys. And uh, with each boy, her body, you know, her bones got weaker, her strength got less, and she was giving her life to give life to her her children. As a matter of fact, it's funny. I just saw an interesting. Uh, I read an article this weekend about the uh, the uh, the birth the the cells of a mother. Uh, are so intertwined with the child that uh, it's like they go on, I think it was for months or years, inside the child and the, and the mother. They're like, they have cells that interact and the DNA switches and you can tell and trace that before, because the body's always regenerating, but it takes years before that disconnects. So there's, you know, there's a reason women are so intuitive. They're, they've given their life away. To, to give life. That's what is special about women. They're, they're womb men, and uh, they're able to give life through the womb, which is something that, that men can't do, regardless of what everybody says. And so, uh, and so, um, you know, so they give their strength, they give their life, and uh, for their children. And that's what Paul's saying. He's like, look, and I'm, I'm and in other places, I'm willing to spend and be spent. Right? We covered that as well in Corinthians. So credible Christians clean up their act before Jesus uh, returns. And that's really what he's concerned about. He says, Therefore I write these things, uh, being absent, lest being present, I should be uh, used sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. Now, of course, historically, Paul is talking about his appearance uh, to, with the Corinthians and, and you know, visibly being that with them and uh, uh, showing up at the church and, and having to use a sharp tone of correction, historically. But in an inspirational sense, 
we understand there's coming a time when we're going to appear before the Lord ourselves, and we want to be ready, as I've been talking about First uh, John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 4, we want to be ready <clears throat> for the day of the Lord when we get called up out of here and appear at the judgment seat of Christ. So Jesus replaced himself with, with what three things? You guys know. The Word of God, the local church, and the Spirit, right? in whichever order you want, uh, the Word, the Spirit, and the Church. So he's replaced himself with those three things. And so in the, in his absence, that's what we should be about. That's what uh, Those are the things that we need to be all about. If the rapture were to happen in, you know, right now, which it could, would you be ready? I mean, this just goes along with what I was saying yesterday or to this morning. So would we be ready? I don't mean, re- like, are we saved? You know, that's great. But in this room, no, it's not really about being saved. Are we ready? To appear, so this Sunday we'll do the Lord's Supper, right? And so we're going to come together. We're going to we're going to remember the Lord Jesus and His command to observe this as, as often as you do this. Do this in remembrance of Me. Why? Because we're going to do this till I come. Though I'll be with you always, even till the end of the the world. And then He's going to catch us up, and we're going to celebrate at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and we're going to come back and take over. We're going to rule and reign with Him. That's pretty wild to think about. So, in one sense, we're looking back to Him sitting around with the disciples and the earthly ministry and all of that, and certainly we should, but we're also looking forward. We're doing dress rehearsals uh, because we're getting ready to, to, we're going to get with Him at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and all of our, and the things we've done in the body. Uh, both in this physical body and in this body, they're going to be judged, whether they be good or evil, and we're going to get the we're going to get the raiment that we deserve, and then we're going to go on into the presence of Christ, and everybody's going to know, man, that guy was a rascal, or uh, um, he's saved, but yet so is by fire, or wow, look at that dude, he's bright, I got to put on my shades, you know, so uh, he's looking uh, you know luminous tonight, and so um, and so all of that's going to come together, and it's all going to be beautiful, and we're going to be right now, Jesus does. Doesn't want to use sharpness of speech. And what all of us, I hope, want to hear from the Lord is, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." And that's really what Paul wanted to do with the Corinthians. He just wanted to say, "Man, you guys are doing a great job. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so th- I'm happy with what God's doing in your life." Uh, he didn't want to come and say, "You know what, guys? I wish you'd get off me and quit accusing me of stuff." And I wish you'd just obey. And I, you know, he he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to do that. Uh, but sometimes he has to, right? But it's better that he do it than they get to the judgment seat of Christ and Jesus do it, right? So he's willing to do what he has to do to help them build them up. Now is the time uh, to invest in building, right, and edifying. And so, therefore, I write these things being absent, right? He wanted to prepare them, lest being present, I should use sharpness. Now, think about that in the concept of what we're doing as far as the church as a whole. So, for the last 2,000 years, especially the last several hundred years in English. God's given us His Word. He's given us in writing. You can't make it any clearer for the bulk of the world today speaks English. So why? So we can be ready. So that He writes these things to us so that when we see Him, we'll be ready for His appearing. We'll be, now, I'm not saying Paul's Jesus Christ, but you can see that there's a, there is an analogy there. Um, and he doesn't want to use sharpness of speech. You read, you read the book of Revelations 2 and 3, and you see his tone with each of the churches. Some of them he's a little more tender with than others because he's like, you know what, guys? I'll tell you what, I'm not going to add any more to your burdens because it's just tough enough as it is. Just hang on to that what you got, and we'll deal with the rest later. Where others of he's like, you know, you could have done better than that. <laughs> so, and uh, and so you don't want to use sharpness with you. Okay, so credible Christian, uh, the credible Christian finish 
Um, credible Christians are not convicts. Credible Christians desire perfection. And lastly, credible Christians experience uh, communion. Credible Christians experience communion. So verses 11 through 14, he comes down here and he says, Finally, right? He, that's... You know, Paul ends. You know, he, I mean, he's not the only long-winded preacher. He does this often. He'll say "finally," and then he'll go on for another couple chapters. I think he does that in a couple different places. But he, he's, yeah, he's seriously serious now about finally. He's really serious. Finally, finally, right? I'm finishing up. Hang on. Um, you know, uh, he's let's let's stop talking about what God saved us to be and be who God saved us to be. Right? He says in verse 11, "Finally, brethren, farewell." Be perfect, right? Be complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Don't just talk about it. Be it. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Let's not talk about it. Finally, let's just do it, right? Long before Nike, um, you know, he'd been to Thessalonica. So, I mean, he's like, just do it. Just do it. So, uh, so what does that really mean to us practically? Uh, you know, let's just stop talking about. Uh, what God has saved us to be, and and uh, be who God saved us to be. That's actually stolen from our discipleship one lessons. And I, I tell you that little that little statement about don't be as concerned about uh, it's not, God's not as it's in the will of God lesson. God's not as concerned about what you do as being who you need to be. Man, that rocked my world back when I was getting discipled, and I've never forgotten it. It is so important to be who God saved you to be, and everything else as far as the details of what God wants you to do, well, that gets taken care of. Because what you do is not nearly as important as who you are in Christ. God will direct you, and uh, it's really not. God will, I really think God can use people to do lots of things. He's got the Spirit of God, and He'll, he'll, he'll use it. But the first thing is doing, being who God saved you to be. So Paul concludes, he's like, be perfect. You know, so Warren Wiersbe, the B series, man, long before Warren and Wiersbe, there was Paul. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind. And so he had the B series in, in the Second Corinthians chapter 13. Grow up, right? He says, be perfect, be complete, live the word, be be a comforter, right? Give the word and be of one mind. Philippians 2.1, right? So live in peace. John 20, Jesus is real when there is, there is peace. Uh, and, so, um, and so point B, communion with Christ will overflow onto others. In verse 12, he says, greet one another with a holy kiss. And so I presume in that culture they could have greeted one another with an unholy kiss. I, I don't know. But uh, Christ uh, is uh, like Christ like affection for one another is healthy. So it, uh, it should uh, communion with Christ will um, communion with Christ will overflow onto others. So our, our common union, right? Our communion with Christ ought to overflow uh, on each other. So there is a communion that we have with God. We're going to celebrate. We call it communion or the Lord's Supper. Uh, that's really just again. It's just it's just a, r- a reminder that it is it is Christ's communion with us that should overflow and bring us all together. And it really is like that. When we come together as a church, um, you don't really. I wouldn't I, like this room. There's not one of you I would know. Well, maybe Jim because we went to the same high school area, but maybe not. We wouldn't probably know you guys outside of Jesus. I mean, I wouldn't be in Harrisonville right now for sure. There wouldn't be no reason. No offense, but there wouldn't be no reason to be in Harrisonville. Right? I'm here because I got saved and eventually God put me here so I could have relationships with people. And, uh, and so communion is what it's all about. God wants us to know each other because we know Him. 
And because we know him, we know each other. And that's really cool, too, uh, because today a lot of people look for identity. They look for connections. When you get in the family of God, it is so cool to see the connections. We're going to have a church come up here from Alabama in two weeks, and they're going to assemble the Chichewa New Testaments, and uh, and uh, they're going to be here Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, leave on Monday. And, uh, the, hey, they'll, they'll fill up our Sunday night service, so that'll be good. Uh, and so it'll be embarrassing, but good. And uh, And so... And so it'll be it'll be awesome, uh, and uh, and so it's really good to have that kind of communion. So we have brothers and sisters all over the the, the, the United States, and uh, and all over the world. You know, uh, my brother Pradeep, if he's listening, shout out to Pradeep. He sends us pictures of his baptisms, and which I can't share because they they have to stay a lot more discreet right now. But uh, the baptisms that they do and. All the things that are going on uh, in Asia, you know, those are our brothers. If you get on an airplane and go half, literally halfway around the world, you get off, it's just like your home. Uh, and that's because we have communion. And communion with Christ will overflow onto others. So Christ-like affection for one another is healthy. You know, Paul said in Romans twelve nine, he says in verse 9, he says, Let love be without dissimulation. Mm, what's that mean? Uh, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one toward another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Which is really what we talked about this morning. So love should not cause schisms and prob- problems. And, <clears throat> and of course, you know what simulation is, right? It's when things are similar. Some things are alike. <clears throat> so uh, the so our love should not be causing um, causing us to fracture, right? It shouldn't be schismatic. It should be, cause us to be bound. It doesn't mean we're all alike. We don't have to be all alike. All we have to be is unified in Christ. What makes us unified is Christ. Uh, we don't have to try to be like each other. We just all try to be like Christ who's in us. And then it's amazing how God can bring uh, red and yellow, black and white, rich and poor. It doesn't matter. The stratus, the strata of society is irrelevant. God can, brings communion with Christ <clears throat> that overflows onto others. And it's a beautiful thing. And uh, Romans twelve nine through 10 is then fulfilled. So point C, communion with Christ expands beyond our church body. So I got a little ahead of myself there, didn't I? Uh, he says in verse 13, all the saints salute you. All the saints salute you. So it's always encouraging to know that you're not alone. And when we were a baby church, I, I made an effort. I made a real strong effort to make sure that we, our church body knew that we were not alone. And it's so encouraging for me uh, to know <clears throat> now we have a whole bunch of networks of churches. <clears throat> we planted churches and so on and so forth. So we're not alone for sure. You know, we got all kinds of relationships, but man, I tell you, there's times when it's really important to know that you're not alone. And uh, you know, when I w- <clears throat> the Bible tells us that, and uh, let me back up here and grab my reference, Romans eleven four. <clears throat> but what saith the uh, saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Of course, talking about Elisha. You know, Elisha felt like he was all alone, didn't he? Think about the context of that. Elijah was in a situation. Uh, was Elisha out of God's will? Nope. 
I mean, he was doing God's will. He's slaying the prophets of Baal. He's on cloud nine. I mean, he's really thinking, I'm in victory lane now. I, we, we're, I've accomplished the mission of God. I have defeated the, the adversaries. Uh, even Ahab seems a little bit like, oh, well, oh, man, you know, you're the man. But, yeah, this took one woman named Jezebel to walk in the room and say, what is that to me? I'm going to cut your head off, you dog. You know, and he just all of a sudden he crumbles. He's like... That ain't supposed to happen like that, you know. And his whole, his whole, his whole image of what God was doing just got shattered, and uh, because it didn't go the way he expected it, you know. I think that happened to Peter as well. Uh, he did not expect Jesus to bring in the kingdom. He wanted Jesus to bring it in like a lion, not like a lamb. And he was very devastated when it, he just it was, he had a hard time processing. Uh, what God was doing. But God's ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so there's a lot of Christians right now, and I could say this on a Sunday night, that struggle, right? Uh, there's a lot of Jews that struggle when Jeremiah and Isaiah were writing, and God's like, hey, Jeremiah, buy some property, but this place is going down, <laughs> you know? And hey, when you move to Babylon, just buy some property and just, just live it up for a while, because you're going to be there for 70 years, and, and just let go of your national identity. Well, that was like, are you kidding me? How would you feel if all of a sudden overnight you know, Taiwan got taken over, it became a threat to China, and the next day you wake up and the Chinese are in charge of our government? You know, uh, Americans would not like that at all. Christians wouldn't like that at all. We wouldn't like that. But what if God said, hey, too bad, so sorry, you deserve it. You've been killing babies for the last, you know, 50 years, and uh, it's about time some judgment came to your place. Plus it's the time of the Gentiles, and it's about done, so too bad. Now preach the gospel. You know, preach the gospel. Because it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter if you're free or bound. What are you supposed to do? Preach the gospel. Yeah, but what if? What if what? Right? And what if? There is no what if. You preach the gospel. There's only one charge. It's to preach the gospel. That's what the disciples had to do. That's what we got to do. So you become a witness one way or the other. And so, and so again, I'm not trying to say that would happen. But you could. that's what it was like for the Jews. They're like their enemies roll in kill their family members. I mean, stuff that really would make you angry and make you want to take up a sword. All the stuff that... And, and think about the heritage, the promises of God. You know, they're like, well, wait a minute. And of course, God, did, God didn't forget His promises. God gave it all back in due time, but they needed time out. They needed to be spanked. And so judgment was pending. And so I just say all that because, uh, man, I tell you what, it's, it's important that we understand uh, that, um, you know, we're not alone. And uh, you know what? There were 7,000. Sometimes things don't go the way you want them to go. The person you wanted elected doesn't get elected, or the, the Chiefs don't win. Well, that wasn't a shock. But anyway, uh, you know, things just happen, and they're not what you wanted. And it's easy to get mad at God, and you've got to be careful. Elijah, he went into a deep depression. And so it's important that we don't allow that to happen. Jeremiah didn't. Jeremiah was stuck in a pit, man. And they're treating him like a reprobate. It's like they were treating Paul. And these guys that were tuned in with God's word and God's will, they endured a lot of things. Why? Because they knew God was right, that God was just, and his word was true. And God took care of them, even after they suffered a little while. And some of them were killed. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, God's going to take care of those that are his. Okay, so um, I kind of went off a little bit on that there. So communion with Christ expands beyond our <clears throat> our um, church body. 
Thank you. And uh, what that has to do with China, I don't know. But anyway, uh, we do have relationships all over the world, and uh, it is important that uh, we have relationships outside of our four no more. So, so Elijah learned that you know what there were four thousand, and that's encouraging. It's encouraging for me to know that uh, Midtown Baptist is praying, and Living Faithly Summit, and Harvest Baptist, and First Bible Baptist of Blue Springs, and uh, uh, Shiloh. Um, our New Life Baptist in Clinton, and um, you know I could just keep going. I uh, just had a cool report today. Who was it? Somebody. Oh, the Morrows. So we're discipling the Mar- They're down at. They're all the way down at Branson, and they're in line with this guy. And they see the heart. They had a shirt on. I think it was a Heartland shirt or something. And they're like, "Hey, we know a Heartland." They're like, yeah. And they start talking. Well, this is Brandon Schweitzner, a kid I've known his dad, Dan Schweitzner, since we used to minister way back in the day, thirty years ago at KCBT. And um, and they just bumped into him. You know, that's not an accident. That's just God saying, "Hey, you're not alone." You're not alone. There's relationships that go outside even of the body of our local church, and God uses those to encourage us. Okay, lastly, and finally, as Paul says, uh, credible Christians desire communion for all. So there's a, there's, a communi- there's a desire, he says in verse 14, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Now, I tell you what, I, I wish I was smart enough to... Isn't it cool how these ver- these these little messages come together? It's just awesome that we're having communion next week, and I'm talking about it tonight. But uh, <clears throat> incredible Christians desire communion for all. <clears throat> the pandemic, COVID, is what, what hurt most was when people could not come and have a fellowship, a communion. Mm-hmm. We, we have been able to have, and that's what has been missing. It has... <clears throat> it's really sad there are still actually a lot of churches that are closed i did not realize that i was at a conference out in ohio and people were still talking about that and how people haven't come back to church of course our church we don't have everybody back either but but we haven't really stopped we just kept on trucking and um i feel bad for those churches You cannot get it online. No, fellowship has to be there. That's why Hebrews is clear not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. So three things that that Paul points out there. Grace of the Lord Jesus, love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost. And so those are the three things that, uh, that he points out. Uh, the grace of the Lord Jesus, that was grant, that's granted to us, of course, as salvation. But it also works through us, like we talked about this morning. The love of God. Right? Again, we talked about that this morning. Uh, and then the communion of the Holy Ghost. And uh, the, that's an interesting thing, the communion of the Holy Ghost. We just spent out, when uh, Jeff and I went out to Certainty Conference, uh, that was a really good series of sessions on the Holy Ghost. And uh, we don't we get a little scared of that. Holy Ghost talk because we're Baptist sometimes, but uh, but there really is a need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God, and you don't have to get charismatic to do that. I mean, it's very clear in the Word of God that the Spirit of God's active in our lives, and uh, and it's going to be manifest in the fruit of the Spirit, and also there, there's also a, there is a certain kind of a way of you know the Bible tells us you, you know those right that are. That are his, and so there's a certain you know spiritual discernment that God gives us that, that He gives us. So, the question that we'll leave with tonight is: Are we credible? And uh, we are we are if we commune with Christ through prayer, His Word, and the local church.
right? Those three things. It's really simple, but you know, you, you miss those three things if you take out any one of those. Prayer, it's easy to come to church and, and, uh, <clears throat> and even get in the Word of God, but not pray. You can just be in the Word, but not, not talk to God. Well, that's going to be a problem. Um, or you can pray, and you can come to church, but you can forsake the Word. Right, So you can't miss any of that. It's got to be all three. Commune with Christ through prayer, which the Spirit of God's active in that, through His Word. The, of course, we have the Word of God. And, of course, the local New Testament church. Those three things will give us a credible Christian finish. And then we'll get that communion. Man, someday we're going to have communion at the marriage supper of the Lamb and come back and... Uh, uh, it'll be an incredible, glorious return with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And now I'm speaking of things that I don't, I can only imagine, uh, to quote a song. And uh, <clears throat> it's going to be cool at the second coming of Christ. It's kind of kind of cool. I was reading in Isaiah uh, an account of the second coming that I somehow had missed. I was telling my wife this. I'm like, it's 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 going to be scary. The day that Jesus comes back at the second coming, not the rapture of the church. At the end of the tribulation, man, it is going to be it is going to be incredible. Uh, the day, the darkness. There's an account. I think it's in Isaiah 23, if I remember right, or maybe it's maybe I don't remember the exact chapter, but it's in the 20s. It's just a blow by blow. It's kind of like a Joel chapter two, but it, it's really dark. It's really dark. I'm like, man, it is going to be. If you're on this earth at that time, you'll be scared. It will be. It will be scary for sure. The earth's going to quake. Uh, it's going to be dark, and uh, I mean literally dark, <clears throat> and uh, it'll be it'll be a wild time. Praise God, we're redeemed, and uh, and uh, Jesus Christ took His wrath on the cross for us, and now we are we're having communion with Him. So it's beautiful. So tonight, I don't have prayer pieces, um, and I don't. Uh, so I apologize. I normally have those. So we'll just have to, you know.